What a joke. So stupid. And boring as hell. You know what we should do? We should listen to Hal Sparks. Just as a goof. That'd be hilarious. I love Hal Sparks. Oh my god, he's the best! I have everything he's ever recorded! Me too! This is Doris Davenport, host of the Doris Davenport Show. All local, all the time. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks Radio Program. Mega Worldwide. All right. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Yes. You know what? Uh, I'm going to have to start cutting my own, uh, you know. Apparently, hail to the king, decisions baby. were made. Yeah, right. I mean, there was a total lack of. I'm dead sick. In there. You know what I mean? Like, I almost clicked on one that I can't do on the air. Um, <laughs> I have several of those. Um, but, um, you know, uh, Devin does those if you don't un- understand and they're a little choppy for you. That's. Uh, it's, it's not um, Irish. It's not English. How are you? Well, what is my kindness for the horses? You know, it's just, well, it's just pikey. Anyways, um, so we were talking about uh, during the break, where is, you know, where this, you know, the inflation they're talking about, energy prices, cost of houses, cost of gas, which if you're really rich and drive a giant gas guzzling car and you were thinking about, you're recognizing that real that rents are going up in certain areas, and you'd like to buy another property, but the pro, but the profit margin on the on buying that property has uh, has gone down because the house it, people recognize that that you're looking to buy it to turn it into a revenue stream instead of live there. And the by the way, the cash specifically from Russia and China has started to dry up. That's a huge part of why there's less, you know, you're not fighting for cash buyers in some of the cases. And if you are, they're, uh, you know, they're North Americans or South Americans, but they're they're from this section of the world. Um, so there's a part in this market watch thing buried way, way down in the bottom of the article where inflation isn't. The inflation news isn't universally bad. Several items that people used to worry about a lot in the past have been rather tame recently. Oh, Health care, for instance, was a major preoccupation in the decade before <clears throat> Obamacare was enacted in 2010. But over the past year, despite a terrible health emergency, medical prices are up just 1.7%. Prescription drug prices are down 0.3%. That's crazy. And health insurance prices are down 3.8% due to increased, <gasps> wait for it, government subsidies. Mm. Now that for the for all of you socialist communists, it's communist socialist communists of socialist they're communist socialism. Uh, this is standard democratic taxation. Um, we recognize that you can pay, um, you can subsidize people getting health insurance, or you can pay later in lost uh, revenue because those per- those people are dead, or uh, you know the the destruction that cascades through uh, you know communities and cities and the like. When people who are who can't afford health insurance get a contagious disease and pass it on, which we've recognized, we all kind of it's not communism to recognize that diseases are contagious. Some of them, although um, I, uh, apparently Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks that cancer is airborne. Oh, um, no. But I, I think I think she just overheard someone behind her on a plane talking about her um, <laughs> college tuition. <laughs> 
which rose at 6.7 annual rate in the 2000s and 3.4% in the 2010s, is up just 1.9% in the past year. Now, why would that be? One of the reasons is it's now available to a lot more people because of digital online learning. And the $1.9 trillion rescue package and the new infrastructure bill is going to expand broadband. And the price of a university education for citizens in the United States, especially with good Internet, no matter where you are in the country. That's right, red staters. It's time for your kids to get a a degree in poetry and underwater basket weaving. And then they're going to have to find a CVS nearby and to dye their hair blue and have their like their one person woman's march in their pink sewn hat. Um, you know, in the middle of some little town in Wyoming. It's coming your way. Every storm has a cloud as a silver lining, I suppose. So it, it, they says, but the storms are still gathering. Rex Nutting, this is the guy's name, is a Market Watch columnist who's covered economics for more than 25 years, which is one of the reasons why he's he knows the game. He knows that the game is you have to... If you're talking about inflation and you want people to keep it in the news, um, you gotta. Oh dear God! You have to. Um, I just clicked on uh, the uh, a graph that came up in night like '82, where in, inflation was up 14 percent by this measure. Dang! Um, in the in the consumer price index. Compared to 6.8%, which, by the way, if you mark, you know, besides the 2008 drop-off, is up about maybe 2% on the CPI since 2008. Because it dropped down because the government, by the way, started paying for a lot of stuff. Driving down prices on purpose to help the economy recover. And the minute they stop, by the way... Prices will go back, you know, it'll cost more money out of your pocket. And there you go. So um, prices are rising. And this is I mean, look at the title of this, like the the title of the article. Consumer prices rose at fastest pace since 1982, pressuring Washington. It's the New York Times talking about the CPI. Gianna Smilek. Um, Prices are rising at the fastest clip in nearly 40 years. Which, of course, 40 years ago, it, according to this, it rose 14%, more than double what it rose. And, hey, no pandemic, no no in, worldwide shutdown, huh. just, just U.S. isolated. And by the way, for the record, that's a percentage change. Over, And it was just spiking and vacillating. Um and, you know, as it it will create chaos and then seek equilibrium and then ca- create chaos and then seek equilibrium, which is how most economic patterns play out. Um, don't get me started on on four point six, six, nine as a multiplier. Um, prices are rising at the fastest clip in nearly 40 years. Fresh data released on Friday showed a supply chain disruptions, rapid consumer demand. See, I thought consumer confidence was terrible. How can you have consumer demand and low confidence? Other than the fact that they're they're not confident they'll be able to buy stuff for cheap because there's a lot of other people with money who didn't used to have money who can now afford some of the like the middle zone target items, right? The stuff that's the the, the 
the, the bottom of the top or the top of the bottom where most of us live, right, where the vast majority of American consumers find themselves financially, the top yeah. of the bottom or the bottom of the top. Um, and rising housing costs, and, and again, housing costs, this is not a rent jackup that happened during this time. This is talking about housing prices, buying a new house or buying an older house in a, mm-hmm. in a better neighborhood. Fuel inflationary bursts. Take, uh, people don't buy houses every year. So the idea that somehow this is the consumer price index and includes God. housing Ugh. is always weird. And the only reason it is is because of the house flipping. And if you want a single reason why we had a 2008 crash, I blame Armando Monolongo. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about Armando. We can't. I got to take a break. I went rode into Ugh. this break. We'll take a short break and then we'll come back and I'll tell you why I blame 2008 on Armando Monolongo. You, guys, you remember that name? You remember that name at all? We'll be no, back. No, I don't at all. This is Damian Perdue of Think Theory Radio. Saturdays at 6 p.m. You're listening to Hal Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. Ah, uh, I thought there was going to be like a new one every break. I was so excited. You want more, Hal? We'll give you more. Hal Sparks Radio Program Mega Worldwide on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCBT 820. Hoo-yah! Um, so I know I, I know I'm hammering this topic, but I feel like I'm the only person pushing back on the other side of this boulder, because if you listen like to, if you watch any of the news, they'll tell you what I'm telling you um, in, in the articles. But they'll wait till paragraph three or paragraph seven, where they either know you have bailed out on the fear mongering in the first two paragraphs or they know that you're you're wealthy enough to see through the headline and you're you've got money to play with and a long term investment strategy. So you'll read the rest of it and you'll weigh it against it. And, you you know, you're one of the deep readers. So the deep readers give you they, it's like they save, especially in economic stories, they save the real news for people who can who will hang in there. You know what I mean? Like, hey, stick around, buddy. I'll tell you the real story. And that's. Uh, so. We looked at that article from Market Watch um, in the first hour, and then this is from the New York Times. You know that bastion of of liberal thought. The, listen to how this is characterized, and see if you can spot the the forehead slap in this. Prices are rising at the fastest clip in nearly forty years. Rising at the fastest clip in nearly forty years. Are they more expensive based on mean? Uh, wages or any of that in the last 40 years? No. Does it sound like they are from that sentence? Yeah. They're rising because they fell off a cliff last year. And nearly four, fresh data released on Friday showed as supply chain disruptions, rapid consumer demand and, and rising housing costs fuel an inflationary burst. The spike in consumer costs could spell trouble for officials at the Federal Reserve and the White House who are trying to calibrate policy at a moment when the labor market has yet to completely heal from the pandemic. But price increases are proving more persistent than policymakers had expected. Largely, that's out of news. You tell people things are more expensive. They're prepared to pay more for it. They don't have uh, they don't haggle by not going they just figure, oh, everything's getting expensive. I better buy it quickly before it's gone. The empty right. shelves conversation mixed with the higher price is is a psyop effectively from the financial markets and and the sales 
industry. They both work. All right. The Consumer Price Index climbed 6.8% in the year through November. So year over year from last year, right at, we were, you know, we're, we sputtered. Remember, we had a big secondary wave of COVID right before the election, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, was, it was tanking. The fastest pace since 1982. Now, there was not a drop ahead of that that was based on any kind of pandemic again in 1982. That was the economic policy, and it was still twice what we're seeing. And we've had other times when we've been close to this kind of a, you know, a pace bump up close, you know, like the drop off in, two, in 2008. Um, none of, by the way, we're not hearing articles about how like stuff's so cheap all of a sudden when 2008 <laughs> happens. Right. Just everybody's breaking the world's. Okay. After stripping out food and fuel, which can move around a lot from month to month. This is the mm-hmm. first person, by the way, to to admit that fact that these fluctuate based on seasonal usage. And that gas gets jacked up in the summer, especially when people are on vacation for the first time. Yeah. And people are going to like, all right, we're kind of out of this. Let, and we've been vaccinated. Let's go visit people. And they knew they had you. So they dr- they drove the prices up. And then when school came That's back, what I thought happened. And they were right. There's been a slight tick up in that regard. Um, and it's not all us. Again, it's worldwide. Inflation climbed by uh, which uh, can move around. Inflation climbed by four point nine percent if you remove food and fuel which are related in why they're costing more. That was the quickest annual reading since 1991. Again, there was no 1990 pandemic. There are economic factors worldwide that have to do with how we tailor our economy that affect us like this uh, with some regularity. But acting like this is somehow miraculously evil or whatever is an attempt to manipulate the American consumer out of their hard-earned dollars, or in some case, their government-subsidized dollars, while they were waiting so that until they could go back and make some hard-earned dollars. Right. Monthly price increases, the change between October and November ran uh, rather than over the past year, did moderate somewhat, but still rose at an unusually rapid pace. Now, that's because they were unusually low still in some of these industries. So 0.8% is, is a lot, but it was under the 1% they thought it was going to be. So it moderated, but rose at an unusually rapid pace. That, what they mean is they predicted it was going to be worse, and it was actually l- lower than they thought. The question is, what happens next? Fed officials have become increasingly concerned about inflation, both because, no, because the, they've been, by the way, they're not concerned about inflation. I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. The Fed is not worried about inflation. They're worried about deflation next fall. Because there's a backup of goods and China's going to be dumping goods on the market to try and get their, you know, to reseize their control of of manufacturing in the world, which is is going downhill at a rapid pace. And um, Evergrande, that company I was talking about for a while, defaulted this week officially on their foreign bondholders. They they, they was quite were they going to do it? They got a 30 day grace period. They did it. And you know, you know how people found out they defaulted, Johnny? How do you think they found out? Golly, they, they normally find, I don't even know uh, how what a typical way to find out about that kind of thing is. Well, typically, um, the financial regulators will get a heads up from the company and they will inform the market while that company informs their bondholders in a uh, call or a in-person gathering. That's okay. usually how it works. The way people found out was that no one at Evergrande would answer their phone. Oh, that's a good one. The that's money a good move. didn't. Yep. 
the money did not show up in the accounts the way it was supposed to on the last day. And they just stopped answering their phones. Yeah. Evergrande has $300 billion worth of debt. And they just officially defaulted. Four other companies are either in default or collapsing. Do you know how much China's high-speed rail debt is, Johnny Million? Not $360 billion, I bet. It's over a trillion dollars. Like moly. We have been, you know, I, I myself, I love the idea of high-speed rail, and I've been saying we should invest in it um, in in our country. Uh, and by the way, if we want to, might want to talk to Taiwan. They have a fantastic system. Goes from Taipei through Tainan, uh, Taichung to Tainan, all the way down the whole country. It's great. I've ridden on the train. It's beautiful. It's clean. They take great care of it, and it's been working and profitable for a very long time. We should hire those folks to make ours. I'm just saying. Bring over the Taiwanese. Hire them to do it. Those companies know what they're doing. Not the Chinese companies that were looking at the bond issues that were coming from Vegas and Los Angeles and California. and whatever. Okay. The, the Chinese high-speed rail industry is a trillion dollars in debt. Wow. Then what, right? Almost, and six of the lines of the ten major lines are uh, not breaking even and are going into debt continually. And they are no longer maintaining the main lines with the consistency that they need to. They've also had you know flooding and other stuff that's been a big part of this, and blackouts. And when you have a high-speed rail system, it's electric, and you have to need, you need big electric plants to run the whole thing. Trillion dollars. It's about to default as well. They'll probably hide that because it's semi-nationalized through three other things and they can do a lot of shuffling. But each province is responsible for the debt that's been accrued by the lines in their territories. Um, And it's a trillion dollars. That's unreal. Of useless debt. It's not and we're not talking about the U.S. highway system that, you know, over time cost about that much to put together and pays for itself thousands of times over in productivity and other stuff every year. There are six dead train lines for all practical purpose with, you know, uh, uh, trains that are a quarter mile long, practically, in some cases, with 15 people on them. That's on top of the Evergrande situation. Um, just, just, just a factor that in the, the, the Fed is not, China's going to need every dime it can get, and it's going to do it by dumping, it's going to lower its labor costs and dump cheap goods onto the market hand over fist for the next three years, which is going to undercut the cost of almost everything we buy, you know, as far as electronics and other stuff, because that's what they're going to have to do to remain even just moving as an economy. Growth in in the Chinese economy shrunk below population growth, which is already projected at a smaller number than it actually is. Ugh. I mean, it's bad. It's really bad. Every piece of news I see out of China economically right now, it just gets worse every second. Um, And um, China, for those of you that are wondering about how much debt uh, China owns of ours, they own about 8% of our foreign debt. 
and they've been increasingly shedding it over the last five years. Um, that's a whole other conversation about the economic story you've been told about American debt. Again, we hold most of our own debt in the United States. And then and like pension funds and other folks buying bond issues of U.S. bonds over time. We owe pension funds and we own we owe the Social Security safety net. That's that's where all the money's being borrowed from when we use it. And we pay interest on it. And that's what keeps them functioning month, you know, year to year. So that's why they go. Social Security checks won't go out if we don't increase the debt limit. And that's what they're talking about, because that's who we're paying. All right. It just keeps I mean, it's a simple oversimplification, but that's how it works. It just keeps the pressure on Fed officials. uh, Sorry, Fed officials have become increasingly concerned about inflation, both because the uptick has lasted longer than expected and because it shows signs of broadening to areas less affected by the pandemic, ramping up the risk that rapid gains could become entrenched. By the way, that's from wage growth. That's what they're talking about. People with more money can pay more money for stuff. And and Wall Street hates that. So (laughs) they're always going to be mad. They're always going to be mad that you're making more money because they got a their profit margin goes down. And if they raise the price, you're going to, you know, it's why the same thing that costs 20 bucks in America costs 20 bucks in Canada, Canadian, even though the monetary exchange is different. And even though the labor and costs fluctuate back and forth between who makes it because the consumer mm-hmm. thinks that's worth twenty dollars to me. Twenty dollars means psychologically the same thing to a Canadian as it does to an American, no matter how much the variance, even when it's stark, even when it's half. The price when when, uh, you know, when the Canadian uh, loonie was 56 U.S. cents earlier this year, price increases were concentrated, concentrated in goods. Used cars and couches were in demand as the pandemic changed people's lifestyles. Factories around the world struggled to keep up with the surge in buying, in part because shutdowns tied the virus uh, uh, to the virus upended production. Shipping routes and ports also became clogged as demand followed an atypical pattern. And that's where it falls. Atypical pattern. You consumers and you're finally having money and being able to make your own decisions are driving certain people who are counting on you getting broke and staying that way, who are big Trump supporters economically, who know that you can live a, a little piece of the of the poor pie is way easier to get through fear, intimidation and manipulation than trying to talk rich people out of a small price of uh, a piece of what they got. With too many U.S. bound goods trying to leave Asia in particular, as supply came up short, prices left higher. And by the way, this is a problem that was born 20 years ago. Those disruptions were expected to be temporary. Instead, they've lasted for months. Um, inflationary pressures are also broadening to areas that are not as directly affected by it. Rental costs, for instance, have picked up sharply as rocketing home prices lock would-be buyers out of the market. Um, that's also not true. People moved to be closer to better Internet. The broadband aspect of the bill will change all that. It won't matter where you live. Um, but that's it does right now. Housing, we made we moved during the pandemic and uh, Summer and I did. And one of the reasons we picked this area for our house was because of fiber optic and because I'm now doing this live streaming all the time and I need it. it, need, it without it, it was terrible. We were always ice skating uphill. Also, housing costs made a make up a big chunk. Jennifer Callahan, a mother of two in the Denver area, has been renting a three bedroom house since her previous home burned down in early 2021. We'll just leave that there. But local rents are jumping and she worries that she won't be able to find a comparable place for anything like the twenty four hundred she and her housemate are paying if their lease isn't renewed. Homes in this area selling for crazy, crazy amounts of money. It totally then screws up the rental market. 
We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. The House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I, um, the one reason that they, you, you see them using the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, on a lot of these things, is because if they use the standard of living one, it creates a bunch of grumbles, uh, um, Lefties and righties tend to grumble a lot about the uh, the standard of living aspect of things because they have to recognize that even um, low income Americans have seen an, a steady, if not shocking, incline in the available goods to them since, you know, especially since the mid 90s, largely due to, you know, technological improvements, Lar- you know. And, you know, the many people may know I own, I still have it, my original Macintosh, um, oh, so the 128K Mac that I have. And it has a keyboard and a mouse, and the mouse uh, has like an old-fashioned, like, screw-in computer plug on it, and the keyboard uses a telephone cable to go to the thing, and it has no hard drive, and it could hold 128K um, in its RAM, and you had to load every program you had on a disc, and it would run off the disc while using that 128K, just as you know, just to not forget exactly what you're doing, right? And it had um, like a a little missile game. I, I, you and I played it at the house a couple oh, of yeah. times. Remember that, where that like you'd, you'd fire on these things, and these guys would be approaching the hillside, and if they managed to make it, they could climb up and get you, and you'd kind of it was like a targeting game. Yeah, kind of missile physics. command. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, but like, like amazing at the time. But oh, yeah. that computer, my, you know, and I, and I grew up around computers because my next door neighbor um, was the chairman of the school board and Apple was handing out computers at one point and they were trying to get schools to use computers and get them in there. So they gave my next door neighbor out in the country, out in Peaks Mill, an Apple uh, 2E, I think it was or whatever. It was a, wow. you know. Yeah, had a separate monitor and base and all this stuff. And and you would load programs using a cassette recorder. Um, and that computer at that time cost about $5,000. My dad splurged when we were in Chicago because he had to do some architectural work. And his company would split the cost for it to get him a computer at home. And he got a, this early Mac because that's what they were using at the architectural firm. For it was three thousand dollars. The yeah. printer, which was a dot matrix printer, was twelve hundred bucks. And not not in not in twenty twenty one dollars. Back yeah. when the dollar was worth even more. So by comparison, yeah. we're talking about spending somewhere between five and seven thousand dollars for a computer that can't hold two uh, programs in memory at once. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons, you know, whether or not people make use of what's available to them is a bigger and bigger part of this conversation. 
But no one no, isn't aware of the 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 idea that, uh, you know, the phone you got in your pocket is, has more computing power than all the computers that ran the Apollo mission. Right. We've yeah. heard that one forever. It goes even further than that. I mean, it they have more computing power than our nuclear capability in the 70s. As a country. In just your phone, just the calculation ability of that. The fact that you there are apps where you can translate by voice right now. And insanity. I mean, things that are like James Bond level stuff, even in the cheapest phones. Yeah, I had a, I had a Trash 80 as well, ran on uh-huh. cartridges. Remember those things? You'd shove those mm-hmm. in there. Those, those had more games to them. They were trying to appeal. They were trying to get those in there with families because the typing program and the game cartridges looked kind of similar. Um, and, of course, were just equally as susceptible to cat fur. Um, had to go blow them out. Remember that? Just oh, like yeah. EcoVision and Atari cartridges. So the average person in the United States, even if even by going to a library for free, has access to more computing power whenever they want to use it. I suppose you know maybe not in the middle of the night. Then any human being with less than a uh, than you know. Well, with higher than a Harvard degree uh, since 1961. I mean, anybody, anyone. Oh, yeah. And and Biden brought up this point this week that in this day and age, it is shameful that um, impoverished kids and their families have to go and park outside a fast food restaurant to use the Wi-Fi because the Internet where they live is so terrible. And we should fix that. And even still. They can park outside a fast food restaurant and use Wi-Fi. We've all done it. You can get yeah. power from them to power. Like the what's available to the American consumer, and you compare that to the story of what's going on in uh, in Ethiopia and Kenya right now. When you look at uh, the fact that they're still using slave labor in in the you know the Uyghur areas in Xinjiang, the recognition that our standard of living in the United States, even when it's bad, is great overall. And that inflation is driven again, largely by this, and they keep saying it's driven by the, this increased consumer demand for finer and finer goods. This is rapid consumer demand is among the factors fueling the strongest inflationary burst in a generation. I want to leave that in your head for the next week as you listen to these inflation stories you're being told. And go, if you were in business and everybody was saying people are buying stuff and it's very expensive right now and you can get a great price for your products right now because the price is going up, what would you do? You'd increase production. What happens when you yeah. increase production? More available supply. What happens when the, everybody thinks that way? Right. Think about that uh, six months to a year from now. The panic, whatever the public you know, herd mentality is doing, uh, financial markets will go the opposite direction because they know everyone overreacts. That's the end of the show today. We, we blazed through this and ended up being one yeah, we topic. But I just like we needed to cover this and I need people to consider this. In their thinking, you don't have to think everything I'm saying is right by any measure, but this should be part of your thinking every time you see these stories. It's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We're here every Saturday, and uh, we're glad to help you brighten your day and take that cinder block off your chest that the news keeps wanting to put there. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Johnny Million. Thank you, House Park. Thank you, chat room, everybody. And thank you, Devin, even though I know you hate my show and my heart is broken. (laughs) Ouch. Oh, yeah, the taste of something in